let, let, me, let me share a really heavy subject or thought. One of the, one of the innovations, one of the uh, original insights of the Baal Shem Tov was that God didn't create the world a long time ago and then went to do other things. God is creating the world constantly. Constantly. It's like every millisecond the world stops existing and God creates it again. So it's an ongoing process. And there's a good explanation for that. The explanation is that when a potter makes a pot out of clay or marble, once he's finished, he can let go and walk away, and the pot will remain. It'll keep its shape without any more help from the potter. But that's because he was working with some material, either with the clay or with the marble. Now, marble has the potential within its nature to maintain any kind of shape. So what the potter does is simply give the, the, the piece of marble or the, or the clay one of the many forms or shapes that this material is capable of. And the proof is that no matter how good the potter is, he cannot make a pot out of water. Why can't he give water the shape of a pot and then it'll, it'll last, it'll hold? Because that potential does not exist in the, in the water. In other words, the potter can't create anything new. He has to work with material that already exists. And in that material, he can only do what the material is capable of by its nature. He can't introduce a new nature. So he can't make the, uh, the, uh, the marble, he can't make the marble melt or flow, and he can't make water into a pot. So although we call it a creation, when an artist or an artisan produces a work of art, we call it a creation. But of course it's not. It's simply manipulating the material according to what the material allows. It's like that joke about the atheist who says to God, uh, we used to need you because we were primitive, but now we're very sophisticated. We don't need you anymore. We can do whatever you do. So God says, can you make a man out of dust? Out of, out of sand? He says, yes, yeah, we have the technology. So God says, go ahead. Let me see. So he starts collecting some dust or some sand. 
And God says, no, 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 no. You can't use my sand. In other words, even if we could make a man out of dust, we would have to use the dust that already exists, that God created. And then we have to hope that the dust has that potential in it. Because if it doesn't, we can't produce it. So a human being can't create something out of nothing. But God created the world out of nothing. Therefore, he has to be creating it every second. Because if you can't teach water how to be a pot, you certainly can't teach nothing how to exist. So if you make nothing exist, it's all you. The nothing doesn't contribute at all. So you're the creator. You make it exist. Well, you have to keep making it exist because there's no one there to teach. So you can't teach nothing to, to exist, to have a shape or a form. So God is creating the world constantly. But it is so quick that we don't notice the break. Like when a movie is running, you don't notice that there's a blank black spot or stripe between each frame. If you were to slow it down, then you would see that it's individual frames. So you have a picture and then nothing and another picture and then nothing and another picture. So that's how existence works. The universe is like a pulse. It beats. It stops for a second and beats. It stops. and In other words, it stops existing and comes back into existence because God is saying, let there be. But he's saying it constantly. So you see it everywhere in the world. The universe is pulsating. A human being breathes in, out, in, out. Night, day. So it's constantly going from, from no to yes, from yes to no. And that's what gives it its energy, its electricity. Now, if we were to understand this properly, the entire universe, everything we know and, and much more than we know, cannot exist for a second without being created. That's why we say that the existence of the world is not true. Not because there's no world. There is a world, but it's not its existence. It doesn't have its own existence. Like, for example, if you throw a stone into the air, it will move, it'll travel for a short time, and then it'll fall back to the earth. Why? Most people say because gravity. But the question really is a little different. When you throw the rock, you have broken the hold of gravity. 
you pick up the rock and you throw it against gravity and it flies against gravity why does it stop why doesn't it continue flying it's because a stone can't fly <laughs> and even when you force it to fly by throwing it as long as your force carries it it will move when the force ends weakens the rock can't fly so it falls back down so no matter how many times you throw the rock it does not learn to fly so by definition if a rock comes flying through your window would you say wow what a unique rock a flying rock no you wouldn't think that for a second you would immediately run to the window and see who threw the rock because rocks don't fly so while the rock is flying well how would you describe it it was a flying rock for a minute no not even for a minute the rock never flew because rocks don't fly so how do you describe it the rock was flown through your window it didn't fly it was flown it was carried through the air by the force of your throw so it would be wrong to say the rock flew for a minute no it didn't the same is true with the universe to say the universe exists it may not exist forever but right now it exists not correct it does not exist like a stone does not fly the universe is being existed it's being existed it's being caused to exist something makes it exist it does not and that's why miracles are possible because every minute the world is new so there are no fixed laws of nature anytime God wants to make a change he makes a change anytime a holy person a tzaddik demands a change nature changes what that does for people when that's clear in your mind is that you're not intimidated by nature a human being should be a little above a little um, beyond and free of the limits of nature after all a human being is the highest level of existence he shouldn't be a slave 
to the lower elements of existence. So a doctor should never say to a patient, um, this is what you have is, is, is terminal, it's fatal, and you, ha and you have maybe a month or two months or whatever it is left. A doctor may not ever say that. What a doctor should say is, I can't do anything more. Medicine is limited and it doesn't have a solution for your, for your illness. So it's up to God. You might live, you might not. I can't predict it. I'm just saying, I, medicine, can't do anything more. But to say, therefore, you're going to, you're going to pass away. Doctor has no right to say that. In fact, it could be very dangerous and damaging. When a doctor with the authority of a doctor says you have a month to live, that almost creates its own reality. The person gives up on life. So we can't be overly intimidated by nature. We can't ignore it either. Because this is how God wants the world to function. But it's not the world that dictates. It's God. So if you want something different from the world, don't talk to the world. <laughs> you know, like people say, the universe will give you what you ask for. Don't talk to the universe. <laughs> it's not listening. Talk to God, the creator of the universe, creator in present tense. Right now he is creating you. which really leads us to two amazing conclusions. The first is, why does God create a world that needs to be created all the time? Certainly God is capable, and he could have made a world that doesn't need to be created all the time. We wouldn't understand how that works, how can you teach nothing to exist on its own? Well, we don't understand how you can make nothing exist, even with your help. So it would be another mystery. But God would be free from having to create the world every second. So we realize, yes, he could have done it that way. He prefers this way. He prefers to be committed, involved, engaged, creating us all the time. It's his pleasure. It gives us the opportunity to connect to him. If he wasn't creating us right now, how would we, how would we find him? Where would he be? We wouldn't know. But now we know he is engaged actively in creating you at this very second. 
And why? Because he wants to create you every second. He likes you. The other amazing thing we realize, if he is creating me at this very moment, why don't I feel it? Why don't I sense it? Why don't I see it? Why don't I... Why don't I act accordingly? And why doesn't it affect me? So if God created the world a long time ago, and I ignore him and I forget about him, that makes perfect sense. He hasn't been here in a long time. So it's true that many, many years ago he created us. But I don't have to be thinking about that all the time. So I forget about him. But if he is creating me right now, he is actively engaged in my existence, why don't I feel it? Why can I forget him or not recognize him or ignore him? Which leads us to another amazing conclusion. As much as God loves us and wants to be creating us all the time, he doesn't want to impose. He doesn't force himself into our awareness. I will create you all the time, consistently, with real, total, eternal, infinite commitment. But you can choose to notice me or not. You can choose to respond to what I'm giving you and be grateful or not. He's not going to force it. He gives us freedom of choice. How? by not making himself obvious, even while he is creating us out of nothing. See, this changes everything. The Shemtev literally reinvented Judaism. We used to think, God is very demanding and we have to obey his demands. That's it. That's the whole story. He's the boss. We don't get to say anything. We don't, we're, we don't deserve an opinion. We're not entitled to an opinion. So just be quiet and do whatever God says. The Baal Shem Tev came along and said, this is not arbitrary. It's not because he's the boss. This is the reality. The universe doesn't exist of it by itself. It doesn't have its own reality. The, the entire reality of the universe is that God is creating it for his purpose. And therefore, we are his partners, not his victims. It's not, I created you, I'm your boss, you do what I say. <laughs> that, that's not a very pleasant picture. The way the Baal Shem Tev describes it, it's a whole new world. But in this whole new world, we know that we need not be intimidated by the universe. 
by the laws of nature, by natural events and occurrences. Don't be, don't be impressed. This is all God doing what he needs to do to make the world perfect. So what are we panicking about? If God is creating us and the universe, he is not going to let it be destroyed or ruined or even derailed. The world is moving along according to his plan. And it's not possible, according to what we just described, it's not possible that God oversees some detail or forgets or doesn't notice. He's creating it. How can he not know what the world is like when he is creating it every second? So you see, divine providence and creation are the same thing. Why does God notice everything? Why does God pay attention to everything? <laughs> because he's creating it at this very moment. How can he not? We have a Sunday night program for VIPs that you might be interested in. It's informal. It's questions and answers. It's conversation. It's really relaxed. It's really pleasant, enjoyable, informative, and uh, kind of community-like. It's a Sunday night program. There's a... Um, Wednesday morning program for the VIPs, and there's a Wednesday night program. All of it, just conversation, casual, laid back, unscripted. So join us, take a look, click uh, the link below and see which, which of the three suits you best, and join us for some enjoyable conversation.